0: I just play Doctor online. First off, I gotta explain why there wasn't a show last week. Uh, you know, I, I really hate this. I know the show has been a little sporadic over the last several months or so. Just you know, where I've not done shows, and well, there's been things happening in my life. You know, my mom dying, that did some stuff and illnesses. It's just things have been happening. And what happened last week was a is a tiny little thing. That that was enough to just say to just keep me from doing the show. And what was it? This you know you know how you, you have this stuff in your nose. It, it builds up once in a while, and you, you need to blow it out into a tissue, or or you know, or if you're a, a baseball player, uh, you just. You, Put your finger against one nostril and you just blow out the stuff out the other nostril. You, you ever see them do that? I love it when they show that in baseball. It's so great. And the pitcher's on the mound and he's got some crap in his nose. So he just does that. And somehow the camera stays on him as he's doing it. Like the director watching the game and calling the shots of what, which camera should be on at which point doesn't notice that, oh yeah, that finger is going toward that nostril. He's going to blow out some snot. Let's switch the shot to some different camera so we can watch some other ball player scratching his nuts, or spitting tobacco. Let's do that. It's rather disgusting, but I love baseball. But this isn't about baseball. But it is about the nose. So what happened was, just moments, I mean, mere moments, I I was here, I was sitting down, I was ready to hit the buttons and get the stuff going, and start recording, and I I, I felt the necessary, it necessary to sniff, and I did. I went, like that. I wasn't doing cocaine or anything. I just did it, like that. And a little bit of dry something up in my nose broke away and was pulled in through my nasal cavities and such into my throat, and it went down the wrong pipe. It's kind of lodged there. And you know what happens when you get you're, you're eating a cookie or something and a crumb goes down. You breathe in a crumb into the wrong pipe. You get you have something like that happen. You know how you react. You know how how awful that is. You just start coughing. You have a coughing fit because your body is trying to push that material that's not supposed to be heading down that pipe out. You know, great design, God. By the way. Uh, Of course, I don't believe in God, so I don't believe that God designed us. It's just, that's how evolution works. We just happen to, you know, put food and water down that same pipe or right next to the pipe that we breathe through. We just happen to have that going on. It's not separated. You would think it would be separated if it was designed intelligently, but it wasn't. It's just, that's how nature did it through evolution. It's just how it worked. Anyway. Well, I got this little hunk of whatever was hanging up there in my nose. You know, the kids call them boogers. Anyway, it so got in there and I went into a coughing fit that was just horrible. It's just it's just for the next, I don't know, two, three minutes, I was caught and you got to the point where, you know, you're really coughing hard. Like your body's like, it's almost like a, 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 a like you're heaving. And you know, it's like, you're, gonna, you're just gonna get, throw that thing out of there. Well, I guess I dislodged whatever it was. And was able to stop coughing, but I couldn't stop clearing my throat. Every few seconds I had to clear my throat. I I practiced doing the the open to the show. You know, welcome to Dimland Radio. This is your you know on the Z Talk Radio Network. I, I practiced doing that and I could not get through more than just a few words without having to <clears throat> without having to do that. Now I, knew, now, I know I do a fair amount of throat clearing on the show here. Sometimes it's, a, it's, a, it's meant as a dramatic kind of thing. But sometimes it's just that, well, I have to clear my throat. And I don't have a mute button on this thing, so what are you going to do? And I don't have a co-host <laughs> to take over for me while I deal with coughing. No, I just it's just me. And as you know, I do this thing live to laptop. I do this as though I'm on an actual radio station doing talk radio. Because those guys, you know, they just go on and they talk. Those those people that do that, and uh, and I, that's how I do this here. It's easiest for me because I don't have time to do editing. I say, you know what, get it figured out, do this best you can. Hopefully, you're interesting and put it out there, and your listener will listen. Maybe. So anyway, that's what happened. I was just. I, I, you know, I can't do it now. I can't do it. And, and I only have a certain amount of time. Because I, I, again, I'm doing this from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. Here's my little ad that I do. I do this little ad because it's sort of a, you know, well, if I'm going to use the basement of the store, I should, you know, sort of pay back. Not that, I don't know if it's doing anything. But if you are interested in buying comic books, if you like Silver Age, Bronze Age, and Modern Age... We're Nostalgia Zone is the place for you. Check out our website; it's nostalgiazone.com. You can become a member. You sign up for a membership, you'll save 10% on your purchase of comic books and certain magazines, because uh, we we do have magazines also, like Heavy Metal, uh, you know, Famous Monsters of Filmland, um, the Savage Sword of Conan. We've got we've got magazines like that, National Lampoon. If you you, you become a member, you'll save 10% on your purchases of those, and you'll earn points toward future purchases. It's sort of like 10% of whatever you spent will go toward points and that can add up. So, you know, anyway, so nostalgiazone.com. check it out. It's a cool website. It's a cool store. A lot of stuff around here. Lots of stuff. And we're trying to, you know, we're trying to get the product out. But boy, I tell you, so much to do. So that's why I didn't do a show last week. Um... See, I cleared my throat there. It's <laughs> so hyper aware of what I'm doing now. <sighs> if you are a, a friend of mine on Facebook, I mean personally mine on Facebook. If you follow Dimland Radio or if you like Dimland Radio, I you know I do have a page for Dimland Radio on Facebook. I need to be more active on that. Uh I did post something today, uh, that you know, to try to be more active. It's a it's a it's a it's I posted a Snopes uh, uh, article on this viral video that's going around of a woman that has a snake in her ear, and we see the hands of what we presume to be a surgeon or a doctor of some sort trying to remove the snake, except this doesn't really seem to be trying to remove the snake. It's just poking it. Now, Snopes calls it unproven because they're being careful. What evidence do they have? what can they, you know what can they say about it but i learned about this from the skeptic's guide to the universe podcast and they pretty much laid it out there it's a hoax it's a hoax it's the it's the recently decapitated head of a snake stuck into someone's ear and that's why it's still moving a little bit that's why it's still if that thing was a living snake it would be moving more than what it does in that it would really be going like you know get me out of here kind of thing and the, and the reason the Skeptic's Guide people said, you know, one of the hosts of the show, Dr. Steve Novella, is a doctor, a medical doctor. He's a neurologist. He's, that's, his, that's his discipline. But he's, he's a medical doctor. He knows medical stuff. He says, there's no way a snake with a head that size could fit in the ear canal. There's no way. You would. He didn't say this part. I'm saying it. You would have to drill out a big old hole in the side of this woman's head right in through her ear canal to be able to fit a snake in there. So, even though Snopes is saying it's unproven, the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, with uh, an agreement from Dimland Radio, uh, we're calling it a hoax. It's just a hoax. It's straight up a hoax. So, I've been trying to be a little more active on, uh, on my a Land Radio um, Facebook page. If you haven't, I'm, I'm sitting at 199 likes. Come on, <laughs> let's get to 200. Anyway. <clears throat> If you follow me though on Facebook, on the regular Facebook, you will know this story, what's going on, what I'm going to tell you here. You will have seen it if you've been paying attention to what's been going on, what I've been posting for the last couple of weeks. Uh, We go back a couple Sundays. Uh, This would be the weekend that my wife had gone out to Los Angeles to uh, go see Duran Duran, and uh, she got back that Sunday. Now, uh, uh, before. Uh, the Friday, she, she left midday Thursday, so she was off of work on that Friday. And uh, one of my co-workers said to me that, uh, you know, I, he said, when's Amy supposed to be back? And, well, she's coming back on Sunday. She'll be back Monday to work. And he said, no, nah, she won't. <laughs> no, nah, she, she won't. She won't feel like coming back into work. No, no she won't. Okay. So Amy did come back <clears throat> that Sunday, and, uh, you know, we're hanging out. She's telling me some of the stories of the day uh, of, her, of her trip and, and, you know, catching up and all that. And then uh, she, she went off to bed. It was about 10 o'clock. Now, I walk our dog, Edna, who is still a puppy. She's going to be 11 months this coming week. Astrologers put your charts away. And she, uh, we've, we've gotten into this routine where usually at 9, 9.30 at night, I take her for a walk, or, uh, and, and then they take her for another walk at 10, 10.30, somewhere around there. I know it's just an hour apart, but want to make sure that she gets about as much as she can get out of herself for the long overnight before she gets another walk at 7 in the morning. Sometimes she'll get a walk uh, you know, somewhere in between there because uh, it seems like she needs one. But uh, anyway, and what we would do is we'd, uh, uh, there's this walking path. And I told you about the walking path when I was talking about the, the Bob Ross watcher that in the neighborhood. So there's this walking path that I'll take her to that I have to have a flashlight for because the lampposts along the way of the path have all been disabled because of desperate people needing money, have broken open the things and taken out all the copper. And the city has just not gotten around to repairing them. So I use a flashlight. And I got down there, and uh, normally I turn the flashlight on as we get to that walking path, because the streetlights otherwise are, you know, it's enough light. So normally I, I do that. So th- this is what happened that Sunday. <clears throat> it's 10 o'clock or so. Head out, head down to the walking path. I turn the flashlight on, I look down the path, and I see what I think are two people uh, heading, in the, heading in our direction. And I, I, the first thing I thought was, oh, I don't, don't have the flashlight up too high because I don't want to put it in their faces. I don't want to put the flashlight in their eyes. So I lower it toward the ground. And that's when I have a flash of seeing uh, a, 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 a man attempting to hold a dog back, grabbing it by its sides. And the next thing, the dog is away from, from him, and is loping its way toward us. I don't remember if the dog was barking or growling. I don't think it was. It was coming toward us. I step in front of Edna. Now, this is, this, was my, this is one of the mistakes I made. I did not immediately pick her up. I step in front of her, and I start to get down, and the dog is on top of her. It's got the back of her head and her neck in its mouth. Now, I think it was a black lab. It's dark. It's hard to see. But it was a, a, a black-furred dog, short hair, seemed like it was a black lab. And it seemed like it was huge, but then, of course, compared to Edna, most any dog is huge. Edna is this tiny little thing that doesn't even weigh seven pounds. So it's got its mouth on her. I've got the leash and the flashlight in my left hand, the leash that's connected to my dog. And on the right hand, I'm trying to grab a hold of the snout of the dog that, is, that has my dog in its mouth. And I'm, I'm not able to pull at it. The guy who I assume is responsible for this dog catches up, and the two of us are able to pull the dog off of, off of Edna. I scoop Edna up into my arms. I'm... I'm furious. The fellow and I are less than two feet away from each other. And I lean to him. And I'm not going to be able to give it the kind of ferocity that I did that night. I'm not going to give it the volume I could. It's not going to have the, the base of anger that was in my voice. The rage. The ferocity with which I delivered this to this fellow. But I, I leaned right into him. And I said, what the fuck? get a fucking leash oh that's right the dog was not on a leash and i don't believe it had a collar on because had the dog had a collar i might have had something to grab at but it's you know everything happened so fast that's the cliche it happened so fast and then i walked in the direction that that we were headed just to get away from this guy and his dog i didn't stand around and have a conversation with him And given the merits of, you know, you you see, you see, this is an example why you should have a leash. That's why there are laws. When you take your dog out for a walk, you have your dog on a leash. I don't care how goddamn well it's trained. Oh, my dog always behaves. My dog always minds me. No, you put the dog on a leash because the dog is a dog. It's an animal. And animals are unpredictable. And you may be one of those people who have your dogs so well-trained that they will stand outside a store waiting for you, just looking at the window, looking in at you doing whatever you're doing. You come out and you say, okay, dog, and then they'll move. Maybe you've got something like that. I've heard about that. that some, but I leash your dog. There are laws. So I continue to walk away. And I'm yelling out things like, motherfucker, this fucking dog just attacked my dog. And I yelled at it, "Get a fucking leash, you asshole," or stuff like that. I just was so pissed off, and I'm sure the neighborhood could hear me. So I get I get past the walking path. I get onto the other side, sidewalk on the other side of the block, and I'm looking down at Edna, and this is this breaks my heart. I, look, I can picture this in my mind. It breaks my heart. I look down at her face. She's looking up at me, her eyes full of tears. And she's, you know, I guess the technical term for what a dog does is yelp. She's yelping. But no, she's screaming. That's what I'm hearing from her. Well, by the time we got to the other sidewalk, she had, she had calmed down. She would quieted down. And this was another mistake that I made. As I look back on it, that was, this was a mistake. I thought, can she walk? How badly hurt is this? So I put her down to see if she could walk, and she could. She walked just fine. We walked the rest of the way home. It was a mistake. I should have just kept carrying her all the way to the house because, who knows, the dog wasn't on a leash. Might have come back. Didn't, you know, so that's something, it's a lesson I've learned. I've, I'll give some lessons when I get to the end of the story. Got her home, got in the house, in the kitchen, and I looked down at her, the lights on. I can see her head is wet, but it's wet with saliva, not with blood. Uh, I did a quick look at her. I didn't see any kind of punctures or or scrapes or scratches or cuts or anything. Nothing, no blood. And I, I I I take off my jacket and throw it wherever I put it. And I go upstairs. Now Amy's gone to bed, so I go in the bedroom. She's kind of sitting up. She says, "What's wrong?" And I turn on the light and I tell her what's happened. And of course, Amy gets you know very upset and starts holding the dog. Oh no, no! And then she's looking at her and looking at her. And, and it's a little jumbly what happened in this in the course of here. Uh, at, at this moment, it's a little jumbly, but at some point <clears throat> Amy says to me, "Her left eye is swollen up, and you know so she can't keep her left eye open and so then uh, she brings the dog downstairs and and then she says, she saysOh oh, I got poop on my hands and i said and, and i'm I'm holding Edna now and she says, "Oh, I got poop on her hands. She must have pooped." And and and, I, and so we check her out, and Amy cleans up her bottom. So not only did the dog figuratively scare the shit out of Edna, literally scared the shit out of her. And then I look at my jacket that I was wearing. I had you know poop on the sleeve. Okay, so I look at the eye, and the eye is it is swelling up, not hugely swelling up, but swelling up enough. And she's having a hard time opening. it. She could open it, but she open it. And the only thing, so so now it's like okay. We got to call the emergency hospital, animal animal hospital. So we call. I call the one that's near us. They're full up, and so they, they said. But we, I'll, uh, they they sent me phone numbers for other locations, uh, other places I could take. I picked one that I kind of knew where it was. So I call them, and I talk to a young man, and I explain what happened, and he he asked me a number of questions. Uh, I'll get to those. After I get done with this first break, you're listening to Dimline Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'll be back.
1: is not your cup of tea drink coffee
0: coffee 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 coffee
1: coffee
0: (laughs) drink coffee 100% news 100% information
1: 100% guaranteed thought you might say that
0: you're listening to Ztalk Radio Network
1: He's endlessly pushing the rock of reason up the hill of paranormal. It's Dr. Dim, and you're listening to Dimland Radio on ZTalk Radio Network.
0: You're listening to ZTalk Radio, the number one choice for music, sports, news, and talk radio. So keep that dial locked to ZTalkRadio.com. Welcome back to Timland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. That song just kind of drops there, doesn't it? Uh, that song was uh, Is It a Crime by Sh- uh, by Sade, which is the name of the band, not the name of the singer. The name of the singer is Sade Adieu, but the name of the band is Sade. Just want to clarify that for you. <clears throat> Way to leave off. All right, so I called this uh, uh, animal emergency hospital, talked to a young man, and I tell him what happened. And so he asked me some questions. He says, did the dog pick her up with his mouth and shake her? He no, I didn't do either of those. And, and, and he said about the eye, he asked, uh, is there any discharge coming out of the eye? And I said, other than tears, no. He says, okay. And you're not seeing any kind of... Uh, there's no bleeding anywhere else. There's no... No. So he says, okay. Um, he recommended the course of action would be to observe her overnight. Just keep her home and keep an eye on her overnight. He says, and then in the morning, call your vet and make arrangements to have your vet take a look at her. Uh, he said that uh, um, if she gets worse, then certainly bring her in. But uh, he said... Knowing what I was able to tell him, and ju- you know, judging by that, he, he he was saying that probably the best course at that point was just to observe. So okay, all right. So I get off the phone. Uh, I'm not sure what else I was doing here, but I just I was kind of worked up, and I said, you know what, I'm gonna have a beer. <laughs> so I crack open a beer, and I'm sitting there having sipping away at it and I, I don't know if and i'm and edna is she's all curled up into it's a little bed thing that i call it a, her puff because it's really puffy fluffy kind of a bed thing she's curled up in there and i'm looking at her and her eye you can see that it's swollen and i just i i don't know call me a nervous dog owner <laughs> or something i called back it was like 20 minutes later, I called back. And I got a different person. I got a young woman this time. And I told her the same stuff. She asked me the same questions. I told her that I had talked to somebody else. And they said, just observing her overnight, I said, I want to make, I want to be sure this is the smart thing to be doing or the best thing to be doing. And she said, bringing her in is an okay decision. It's a good decision if you want to bring her in. Keeping her home to observe her and call the vet in the morning, that's also a good decision. Either is a fine decision. It's, uh, you know, it's up to you. And I, we talked a little bit. And I said, well, you know, I just did crack open a beer and I'm not sure I want to be driving. I know it was the only beer I'd had that day. So anyway, I just thought, okay, all right, we'll call the vet in the morning, which is what I did. I called them before they opened. I had to leave a message and I gave details in the message. So I got a call just just minutes after they opened. I mean, somebody there calls and says, okay, your dog was attacked, and we went over that stuff there. And she said, well, I'm sorry, but uh, we just we can't get her in today. The earliest we can get her in would be the next day, which would be Tuesday at 1130. And I said, well, as coincidence would have it, we have an appointment for her set up tomorrow morning, Tuesday morning at 830. And she looks at her th- scheduling thing and says, oh, yes, you do. She says, well, bring her in then. And we'll, and, well, the vet will take a look at her. And I said, are you, are you sure? Is it? I mean, we're not worried about it. And she said, I, t- I talked to the vet, gave her the information you gave. She believes that she'll, Edna will be okay until tomorrow. And I said, okay. Well, Amy ended up staying home from work. Because, you know, to be with Edna that day. So remember <laughs> my, what my coworker had said about Amy not co- being at work on Monday. Remember what he had said. Uh, because he figured she'd be too tired out from having a great time over the weekend, which she did have a great time over the weekend. So Hayden and I hop in the car. We go into work. And Hayden works with us, in case she didn't know that. So we get there, and as as we're driving in, things are going through my mind. I'm picturing that face of her screaming, looking up at me, tears in her eyes. I'm picturing that. I And I'm just... Uh, Again, heartbroken. And then I'm thinking about, what if that dog had just gotten out of its yard and there wasn't the asshole owner who didn't believe that his dog needed to be on a leash nearby? What if, that, what if it was just me, Edna, and that dog? Suppose it was, you know, or, you know, or a stray, a dog that was stray, and it just it started to hit me. Of what could have happened. <clears throat> so I, I was getting more upset in the car. I don't know if Hayden noticed, but I was very quiet. And then when we got there, I walked very fast. Getting to the, to the shop. And I, Hayden and I walked in. The one coworker sees that Amy's not with us. And he smiles. And he says, uh-huh, I see. I told you. And then he said, what's wrong? Because he could see on my face. What's wrong? And I told him what had happened. And he went, oh, I ain't giving you any shit for that. He says, I know exactly what that's like. Uh, you know, he's he has a good friend of his, has dogs, and he's, you know, with her all the time, with the dogs, and he said uh, she had a dog that was attacked by uh, another one that had gotten out of somebody's car, jumped out the back window, and got after her dog, and killed it. He says, I know what it's... I, I, I know. He says, I ain't giving you any shit. I know what you're going through. Because, you know, it's... It's kind of the nature of our of our working relationship and friendship at the office is to give each other shit. I mean, that's just what we do. <clears throat> and that's fine. But he understood. So I'm still shaking. I'm telling the office manager about it. I get tears welling up. I'm just feeling like, Ugh. But the more we talked about it, um, we did figure one thing. That it was likely that the dog that went after Edna was not trying to hurt her. It was, if it was a black lab, he says his family used to raise black labs, and he said the, the way they would play with each other would be they'd grab each other by the back of their neck or the back of their head with with their mouths. He said they wouldn't bite down; they would say they just kind of you know his mouth at each other, and he says it sounds like that's what he was doing to Edna, except Edna didn't know that, and I didn't know that, and and you know so. Uh, yeah, because he, he didn't shake or he wasn't, you know, it didn't. I don't remember the dog growling or anything. It was just coming over, and Edna was, I, I remember being, Edna being silent for a, a moment because she was probably stunned at what was going on, and then the yelping, screaming happened. So, okay. Uh, the eye is still swall- swollen up. Uh, she can open it with some effort, but, you know, next morning, uh, Amy and I bring her into the vet. The vet checks her out. Turns out she did have a puncture in her eye, the left eye. And you know she put some dye in it so she could see so, oh, there's a puncture there. So the course of action would was to um, put her on antibiotics, uh, one that she would take orally, and then one that's an ointment which we have to put on the eyeball itself. Uh, she gives also a, a pain reliever to give her, uh, and that that was meant mainly for anti-inflammatory medicines so to keep her, it wasn't like she was experiencing much pain, she didn't seem like she was, but it was just to keep you know inflammation down in the eye and do that. Um, and we ended up, she did suggest that maybe we give her anxiety meds just to help ease her back into as much of her normal self as we could, uh, but uh, we, we opted not to get them at that moment, although that night, that Tuesday night, she, Edna had a rough night. She woke up at like quarter after midnight and just started barking, looking off to her left and barking at something. And I thought maybe she was seeing the damage in her eye and didn't realize what she was looking at. I mean, her brain's a sizable walnut, so for Pete's sake, she's not that smart. <laughs> anyway, um, so we did get the anxiety meds the next day. And we put her on that. Made her really floppy, um, and it it helped. But we haven't given her any anxiety meds since last Sunday morning. So it's been it's been you know five days, uh, a little over five days since she six days since she's had any kind of anxiety meds, and she's been doing okay. She's pretty much back to herself. She's, she plays with us on the couch the way she used to. She sees other dogs and instead of cowering, she does what she did before. She wants to meet the dog. I want to meet that dog. I want to meet that dog. You know she, she pulls at the leash Shes, "I want to meet that dog. So, and she has met a couple of dogs since then, and she did pretty well and considering. And so she seems to be getting back to herself. We went back for a, a follow-up visit this past Tuesday uh, to check and see how the eye's healing. It's healing up very nicely. The vet wants us to keep her on the antibiotic stuff and the, the anti-inflammatory until this coming Tuesday, which we'll bring her in again for another follow-up. So this is you know costing us a little bit of money. We've lost, we've lost hours at work because of some asshole who doesn't want to put his dog on a leash. The lessons I've learned looking back at this, uh, I've, I, of course, have changed the way we do our night walks. We no longer go down to that, that walking path with no lights. You, you, I don't feel right going down even with the flashlight. The flashlight gets turned on as we're, you know, before we even walk out of the house. I turn on the flashlight. Uh, and we, we stay near the house. We might go across the street, walk over there a little bit, come back, walk a little bit, but we don't, we don't go down to the walking path. And I follow the way she wants to go. But I'll control. You know, no, we're not going that far. You know that kind of thing. Uh, she does her walks pretty well, and and so that's that's pretty good. And the other thing I learned. <clears throat> uh, well, one other thing I did. I picked up one of those. Uh, it's not pepper spray. It's a citronella scented spray that dogs don't like. So if a dog is coming at you, you can spray it. It gets like a 10 foot range. <clears throat> it has a 10 foot range. And that should discourage the dog, slow it down enough, long enough, so you can pick up your dog. And that's that's the last, that's the most important thing I've, I've learned. Pick up Edna immediately. You see a dog not on a leash, stray, or with somebody walking, thinking, "Well, oh, my dog isn't going to do anything." You see a dog not on a leash. You pick up Edna immediately. There's no waiting. There's no heads, it's Just you pick her up. at least that way I can try to keep her out of harm's way and keep something like this from happening again. I, I was naive in not even considering what if a stray dog came around? Not even considering that. I don't know uh, how do I deal with uh, a situation where Edna was seriously hurt or killed. I love that little dog so much. She's meant a lot to me coming into my life at the time that she did. She means a lot to all of us in our family, but you know, with my losing my mom, there's just something that Edna being there has, has helped. So... Put your dog on a leash. Oh... <clears throat> People said, Did you file a report? Did you call the police? You know, when I mentioned this on on Facebook, they would say, And here's the thing about that. What would I tell them? Because all I could tell the police or animal control is when it happened, where it happened, and what happened. I couldn't tell them who happened. I didn't recognize the guy. He was dressed in dark clothes. He was a white guy. I think he was shorter than me. I think he was younger than me. But I couldn't pick him out. I couldn't recognize him if I saw him again. I know we were close to each other. And then here's another thing. The guy never said anything. I could hear him when I was realizing, well, oh, that's a dog coming at us. I heard him say stuff like, stop, stop, come on, hold up, stop, stop, you know, uh, stuff like that. But once we were face to face, and you know, and he helped me pull the dog off of him, and I turned at him and I said what I said, he said nothing. He didn't say, I'm sorry. He didn't say, you know, I'll pay for the vet bills. He did nothing. He said nothing. I hope I scared the shit out of him. It just, as I tell you, I, I, I've never, in my 58 years, nearly 58 years of living on your planet, I have never spoken to someone so angrily. I've never shouted that way at anyone so angrily ever in my life. I've, I've never. I'm not a violent guy. I've never been in a fight with somebody that wasn't my brother. I mean, physical fisticuffs. Never. Uh, it, close. In the sixth grade when I pushed a couple of guys off of my younger brother when they were pushing him in a snowbank. That was as close as I got. I tell you, I... Uh. So, they're saying... You know, people were saying, report it to the police. You know, so Again, what would I say? But that Wednesday after the attack, after I went, you know, know, after the vet visit and all that stuff, I thought, okay, I'll call animal control. And I, and I got hold of somebody there and I said, look, I'm not sure how helpful this is going to be. I'm not, you know, and I told them, I said, I can't, I can only tell you what happened, where it happened and when it happened. I can't tell you who was involved. I wouldn't recognize the guy again. I wouldn't recognize the dog again if I saw them. Maybe if I saw them together, I might think, could that be but I could, but I couldn't. I could never be more pos, uh, certain than could that be? And that's not enough. That's not enough to, to uh, anything to go on. So the animal control person was very nice, and they said, "Well, there really isn't much we can do." She she asked me, "Did you? Did you? Was there a vet visit? Did you take her?" And I said, "Yep." So, so okay, well at least you have that. You have a report on it and, with the vet. So at least you have that. And she said, "If you ever do see the guy and the dog again, and you can figure out who they are." let us know but that's his that's it and I you know I was right but at least I I followed up in that and that uh, that far. okay uh, I've gotten to uh, it, the, the upshot is uh, it's cost us a little money but not terrible. I mean because it could have been worse we could have had to take her to uh, could have could have had to take her to an animal eye doctor which uh, you know, that would have been, you know, plenty enough. It was bad, you know. What we've had to go here is is enough. But, you know, you know it's it's, yeah. Anyway, and that's okay. She seems pretty much back to what she was. We're a little care- We're still careful about her meeting other dogs, and and we and I. We're still very careful uh, careful about how we walk her. And I keep my head on a swivel, and I'm going to pick her up any time a stray or, or any dog that's not on a leash comes into uh, our uh, uh, area. So you're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim Doctor Dimfit Simmons. I'll be back after this break.
1: Any up! Wait on. Listen to Z Talk Radio on ZTalkRadio.com. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dinland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network.
0: Hey everyone, this is Professor Dave. I want to teach you about all kinds of things regarding science. I want to tell you about physics. I want to tell you about chemistry, biology, astronomy, math, and many, many more things. Come check me out on YouTube. The channel is called Professor Dave Explains. Take it easy. He knows a lot about the science stuff. Professor Dave Explains
1: station identification.
0: You're listening to Ztalk Radio Network.
1: Operating frequency on ztalkradio.com.
0: Welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. That was a quiet bumper. That one's going to be dumped from my uh, list because it's too quiet and I can't boost the volume of it. Uh, That was uh, Columbus by the band uh, The Church from Australia. Uh, Let's see. Oh, I haven't done uh, one of these in a a really long time. So uh, I'm going to do one not true. It's not true. I'm telling because 'cause I'm here and
1: you're aware. It's not true. So there.
0: Okay. What's not true? Well, um, you remember? Remember back in June? You know when our illustrious Supreme Court of the United States, the SCOTUS? Remember back in June? When, when four of the five uh, justices who had told us that oh Roe v Wade that's settled law we're not going to mess with that when they all turned around and lied once they got enough of them on the court to overturn Roe v Wade remember that remember when that happened I just remember and remember what those people who who did want it to happen and or that wanted to calm the fears of the nation they said oh. All the SCOTUS is doing is turning it back to st- the states. They're not banning abortion. They're just they're just turning it back to the states. You know, states' rights. Remember, states' rights. That's all they're doing. Don't worry. Don't worry. Of course, twenty-six of the states of the fifty states all seem poised to ban abortion, in some form of a ban or or, or another. Twenty-six of them. Now, Minnesota is one of the good states. Keeps it going, you know. So we get uh, our neighbors from w- Wisconsin and and uh, North and South Dakota and Iowa. They can come to Minnesota, you know, to get abortions. But uh, so okay. So what's the it's not true aspect of this? Well, just a couple weeks ago, Senator Li- Lindsey Graham, I think from South Carolina, Lindsey Graham. You know the guy that you know was so upset with Donald Trump. He said, if Donald Trump becomes the candidate, he's going to be the ruin of the Republican Party. Well, he's right about that. But now he's a nice little lapdog for, for Trump, even though after the January 6th coup attempt, uh, after that happened, uh, he said, that's it. I hate it to end this way. I think he's been a consequential president, but uh, you know, that's it. I'm out. But he's back in. He was back in within a couple few days. Okay, so anyway, uh, uh, he's he's come up with a proposal. And his proposal is to to enact a nationwide ban on abortions after 15 weeks. A national ban. Oh, wait a minute! I thought it was about states' rights. What about states' rights? What about the states deciding it? Apparently not. So... When anyone tells you that the SCOTUS uh, didn't, you know, ban abortion, which is true, they didn't, but it's just going back to states' rights, and it'll be fine, it's not true.
1: It's not true, it's not true, I'm telling you, cause I'm up here and you're aware, it's not true.
0: Okay, <laughs> let's try to uh, conclude the show with something not so horrible. <laughs> uh, first, uh, I did want to mention this. Okay, um, as really, uh, uh, I've watched the movie uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Right, I've seen it many times. Watched it. Years and years ago, for the first time, just, I, I saw it at a midnight movie or something. Hilarious. Love Monty Python. Monty Python, uh, the Monty Python's Flying Circus. I first started s- seeing that show in 1974. I was in the fourth grade. And I'd watch it because it'd be titillating because sometimes you'd see boobies. But it had this it had this subversive humor to it. I didn't understand all of it. And, and being an American... The, the, the more British the the reference got, uh, the less I'd understand it. Over time, over years, I'd start to understand it more and more and more. But um, even now there's still some references to, you know, political figures of the time that I don't have any uh, real knowledge of. But you know, the Monty Python and and David Letterman uh, were big on influencing the kind of sense of humor that I have. Um and so, saw Holy Grail, and there was something in there that, until recently, I didn't understand what they were talking about. I, I, I didn't under. I didn't. I didn't quite get it. And it was right at the beginning of uh, the movie. Uh, it goes through some funny stuff, and then it, it, we start. Uh, once it gets started, we see. Uh, Graham Chapman as King Arthur and uh, Terry Gilliam as his servant, Patsy. That's his name, Patsy. We see them galloping along in the English countryside heading up to some castle. And galloping should be in quotes because they're they're just kind of hopping along pretending they're galloping, pretending they have horses. Because I guess as the production uh, money wouldn't warrant them actually having horses to make the film, the Monty Python guys came up with something funny and decided, well, let's pretend we're riding horses and we'll have Patsy knocking two halves of a coconut together to make the, sound, the clop-clop sounds of, of horse hooves. You know, it's funny. And so they, so they, they ride up to this castle. And uh, uh, I, I've got the dialogue here. Uh, the the a, a soldier at the top of the ramparts looking down at King Arthur. He says, uh, Halt! Who goes there? And Arthur replies, It is I, Arthur, son of Uther Pendragon, from the castle of Camelot, king of the Britons, defeater of the Saxons, sovereign of all England. Now here's the thing that I didn't get, and for years and years and years I didn't get it. What is he saying? I thought... The soldier then replies, You are the other one. You or the other one. That's what I thought the knight was saying. To which Arthur responds, I am, and this is my trusty servant, Patsy. We have ridden the length and breadth of the land in search of knights who will join me in my court of Camelot. I must speak to your lord and master. And then, of course, the soldier then responds, What, ridden on a horse? And then it goes into the coconut stuff and the sparrow and all that funny stuff. And I and whenever I'd watch Holy Grail, when that when that soldier says that thing that I thought he was saying, "You or the other one," I thought Graham Chapman's reading of the line of the of the line "I am" was strange because it was like it was it was "I am." And not, I am. And this is my servant, Patsy. I thought, that's an odd way to say, I am. (laughs) I am. And it, it should be, you know, I am. Not, I am. Until I listened recently. I've heard this song many times. But I was listening to it recently. The song is by the band Squeeze. The song is called Annie Get Your Gun. And there's some lines in here I'm going to read of the lyrics of the song. He's not into miracles. Sees life all too cynical. The cat has got his tongue. Now she bangs on his drum. He says, pull the other one. Bells ring. Look what you have done. Emotions leaking out. Her paints all over town. Pull the other one. I heard that. I said, wait a minute. Did Did they say pull the other one? Wait a minute. Holy Grail. Is that what the is that what the guard, the soldier talking to Arthur is saying? Pull the other one? Is that what he's saying? So I looked up the, the dialogue and I find that yes, he's saying pull the other one. Now Pull the other one is a is an English phrase. It's a slang for in, in England. Uh, it, it's, it's essentially means I don't believe you. You're kidding. You're putting me on. Uh, there's a, a the, the, it's the the common version. is just to say pull the other one. But it's possible you know other, there's a longer version of it where people say pull the other one. There's a there's bells on it. You know, and, it, and, it, and it means, I don't believe you, you're lying to me, you're putting me on. So now, knowing that, I understood why Graham Chapman reads the line, I am, not as I am, but as I am. Like he's insane, you know, It's like, how would you doubt me? I'm telling you the truth, I am. You know, it's like, I am. It made sense. You know, you learn something every once in a while. Set that aside. A little creakly paper. Get over there. <sighs> okay. Um, long-time listener to my show knows that uh, I've gone back to uh, another job. Uh, I told the, uh, I think on the last show, I talked about this uh, semi major announcement about my life is that I, I gave up the third job of cleaning buildings. Uh, I did that for the last time uh, a week ago uh, yesterday, which as I record this is a Saturday morning, uh, the 24th. So a, the Friday uh, before last night was the last time I did cleaning. Hopefully it will stick and I won't go back to cleaning anymore. And uh, it felt unusual to be home on a Friday night and not, you know, it felt unusual to be home on Wednesday night and not have to be going cleaning. It's, it's weird. So, um, <clears throat> part of the reason I'm able to do that is that, uh, I'm making more money working as the, uh, as an office customer service person at, at the silk screening shop in Minneapolis. It's called cold side. You can look it up online. And, and you know so I'm making more money doing that. So I was yeah I gave up the office manager job at the janitor job to, in order to go back to working at Coldside. And Amy started working at Coldside, so she's working there so we, so we I can afford to not have to work three jobs. Sure, the I don't know three or four hundred bucks I was making a month or taking home a month was nice and I could put away, but it wasn't worth the aggravation and the work. It just wasn't worth it. It just and taking my time away, it just it just wasn't worth it. So, um, you know, it, it was it, it was good. You know, in fact, today I got a card and a and a gift card for a Dairy Queen from my next door neighbor, telling me this, you know, congr- you know, thank uh, congratulations on your semi-retirement <laughs> or partial retirement. And I didn't even look at it that way. Well, I guess it's kind of retiring from cleaning. I guess, but again, if you're a Facebook friend of mine, you probably will recognize this story. And it's, it's, I've made the right decision of going back to Coldside. When I left Coldside to take the office manager job for the, for, for the janitor company, it made sense. I wasn't going to be making any more money. In fact, I was going to be making a little bit less. But I wouldn't have that commute. I wouldn't have to pay for parking. It's much closer to home, just three miles away. Uh, it just it made sense. And it got me away from an office situation that was not great at cold side because there was an office manager there who really wasn't the best worker. And I was working with him every day. And although he was a halfway decent person, you know, he was okay. And I could tolerate him as as a person and liked him some, you know, I liked him as that. But as a coworker, he was horrible. He did not pull his weight. It just, it just made working there so aggravating. So when the situation came up for to, to go to the janitor company to, as an office manager, it just made more sense. And again, and at that time, Amy was a stay-at-home mom. She was not working. So not having to pay for parking, not having to pay as much in gas, even though I wasn't going to be making much more money, it would have been effectively a, a raise for, for us because we'd have that money that wasn't going up. It would be easier, quicker to get home, and and I was still working the janitor job at night, and then the comic book job came along at some point, and so you know, but I, it just was, it just was a better situation. So then, when the opportunity to go back to Coldside came, came up, well now Amy's back working there, she had worked there before, and it just was getting out of a situation. The janitor company, I don't think it has much life left in it. Um... Uh, I just don't. I don't think it's managed very well. And I don't mean from the office manager standpoint. I did a fine job. <laughs> but uh, I was told by one of our customers when I was telling them that I was leaving. And I said, well, they'll find somebody in the, in the, to replace me. And, they, and she said, that's going to be a tall order. Because you were really good. You're really good. I'm going to miss working with you. So, yeah. But maybe, you know, I'm not perfect. Close, but I'm not perfect. So going back to cold side made sense. At that time, because Amy's working, our, our you know our son's you know college age, and actually he came to work at, at, at Coldside shortly after I started working back there, and it just you know it just it works better, and the situation there, the office manager there is much better to work with. He pulls his weight more than his weight. You know I kind of turned to him and said, hey you know stop hogging the job, send me something, let me you know let me do some more work, but it, it's so much better there. The people there are awesome. You know they—they they really are. They, it's a good crew working there. Uh, not perfect, nobody is, but you know it's not without little bits of conflict. But working at Coldside, Coldside is just this environment that is—it's so—it's—it's—it's um, it's, it's relaxed. Sure, there's there's pressure on to get the work done, to get stuff written time for deadlines and things like that. We just we print t-shirts and sweatshirts mainly. We'll do embroidery stuff and and that kind of thing. But it's just. It gets it get it can get pretty hectic, but it's just so uh, there's just something about the environment. When my son and I went back to visit a fellow that worked there, that I knew from you know was a friend of mine for years, and I met him there when I first started working at Coldside. Uh, Amy hadn't started working there yet. There wasn't even a thought that she would. And we visited and my son just kinda of looked around the place and said, This is a cool building. And I stopped we were walking up the stairs to the going up to the art department. And I turned to him and I said, This was my favorite place to work. Bar none, my favorite place to work. And and so they you know, so now I'm back there and it's just you know, a friend of mine said he can tell I'm more relaxed. He can tell that there's a you know I'm not it's not that it's without stress, not that I'm without my worries. I'm a world class warrior. But it's just it's so much better. And I'm a little worried about the slow season. Are we going to have enough hours? Are we going to have enough money? You know, that kind of thing. But it's so much better. And just as, a, as, a, as a, a point, just as a for instance of that, two of the guys that I work with, one of them is a punk rocker. He's not in a band or anything, but he loves the punk rock. He's got a mohawk. He's kind of gruff. He drops the F-bomb, every other word. Uh, he gives me, he's the guy that gives me shit <laughs> so much. And he was the one that thought that uh, you know, that Amy wouldn't be making it in that Monday. He was the guy. And then the office manager, he's a guy. I won't say the band, because he wants a certain amount of anonymity. But he is part of a world-famous black metal band. World-famous. I mean, if you know black metal, chances are you know this band. But I'm not going to say what it is. And he's, uh, you know, he's got tattoos, and both of them have tattoos and piercings. He's got the big, you know, the, the, the office manager, he has the big expanded earlobe things, the holes in the earlobes, he's got that. He's he's a super nice guy, super efficient worker, smart, knows what he's doing, you know, wise beyond his years, younger than me, but I have no problem treating him as a boss. It's, this guy, you know, he's good, and we're, it, it, we work well together. So these two decided because Edna comes down at our dog Edna comes to work with us she's, she's got a nice situation up in the art department She just gonna has her own little kennel a little sleeping bed there and she stays up there with Amy and I walk Edna a couple times a day and you know it's just and everybody loves her there she's adorable everybody loves her We just keep in and told that just, everybody loves this dog and she's great. she's just a wonderful dog she loves people she's interested in dogs a little scared of them too but I would you blame her? uh but anyway the two the, these two fellas two fellas said you might cross the street if they were walking towards you at night. These two fellas decided to do something nice for edna and they 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 ordered in some uh dog uh hoodies and uh and john uh put together the office manager, he put together a uh, uh a design uh um with her name to print onto the onto the onto the hoodies and uh, Mike he's the, you know, the office ma- uh, the shop manager he's, he's, he printed them up they got these things together and then they gave them to Amy and it's just how sweet is that I mean the guys are sweethearts and I'm telling you I, th- I made the best decision to go back and let's hope let's hope I can be there for a long long time
1: good night Adolfo good night Frau Blucher
0: Well, that's it for another Dimland Radio. Sorry I didn't do a show last week, but I've been coughing through the whole thing, I'm clearing my throat anyway. Uh, be skeptical, and the extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence. Do all the things that you need to do to stay healthy. And you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights on. Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for tuning us in. Well, I'm going to hell.